So I've been announcing these last weeks, there is something called Tadatmya, Devotional Alliance. And today we want to officially present this project to all of you. And as most of you know, since a few interesting and unexpected circumstances happened a year or so ago in my life, Krishna showed his mercy to me and his shelter and inspiration in so many ways. Uh, and one of them, in the form of the inspiration that he provided at that time in so many ways, and one of those taking the shape of uh, a series of lectures on radical personalism, and eventually a whole book about the concept of radical personalism, and eventually a whole podcast, the Free Radical Podcast, revolving around the notion, the presentation of radical personalism, and so on and so forth. Very interesting ripple effect with newer and newer currents of insight and inspiration. And again, by, by Krishna's grace, many devotees, many friends around the world, from many Vaishnava designations, and even from, from other religions as well, uh, felt called by the notion of radical personalism, felt deeply aligned, identified with this presentation, expressing how this particular way of approaching our tradition and spirituality in general, not only limited to Gaudiya Vaishnavism, but how this particular approach provided them with lots of relief and great hope. Probably those were two of the main words I heard, making them feel that, okay, I can actually be a practitioner. I can actually be part. I can actually belong to this tradition. And in that connection, they felt that the main principles of radical personalism, the overall mood of the presentation made them, again, that Krishna consciousness, Krishna Bhakti is relevant, can, be, can still be relevant to me, can be relatable to me. And again, I can belong to Krishna consciousness and not merely try to fit in, in one way or another. So as a result of all that, and many of you may already be part of that, as a result of that, how to say, I suddenly had a very beautiful family of radical personalists, deeply aligned, deeply identified with, with this notion of radical personalism. So a very natural necessity came in an organic way as a very, how to say, unavoidable unfolding as a following step to take in this organic yet unplanned project, so to say but the plan was in someone else's mind above, inside our hearts, <laughs> Sri Hari. So the necessity that naturally unfolded and came very organically was to create a group identity. Mm -hmm. For those who are already tuned in with radical personalism and this particular approach to Gaudiya Vaishnavism, that again, we call it radical personalism. So this natural necessity came like in very obvious organic blossoming, so to say, of the bud of, of my presentation of radical personalism. And interestingly, despite in my personal case, having been part of two uh, main devotional communities in the past 25 years in different sections of my life, 
and for different reasons, having been disconnected from them, as you know, despite losing, so to say, those communities or families, Krishna has beautifully reciprocated with a whole new family, of course, plus, of course, many old friends, uh, brothers and sisters who continue to be there in my life. So the idea of the group identity is connected to this, basically, mm, to how to give shape, how to honor the gift mm, that Krishna has, big, has given me, and not only me, of course, in the form of wonderful uh, birds of the same feather, so to say, mm, who are willing to flock together. So what we are announcing today is basically that, is a further <coughs> framing and shaping of something that has already been going on for for quite a good time, hmm? who has already been fermenting, if you will, for more than a year and, and probably beyond that. Hmm? And this natural urge also has the intention of, of deepening the commitment hmm? of those who are already there, who are already committed and participated and aligned with these principles, with these ideals. Hmm? As it usually happens when you have any sincere how to say, amount of hearts as part of the equation, naturally the need. They, they naturally will want to increase the quality of their belonging. We already belong, we are already part of this beautiful tribe, how we can further belong, how we can go deeper in our belonging, in the exchange, in the interaction of our hearts. And naturally, that organic need to go deeper, to give, to give further shape to our belonging, uh, that invokes in itself a new shape, whatever uh, to of whatever was already existing before. So it's what we are sharing today is just a natural extension of something already existing, already taking shape. And as the decision to give this further shape came again as a very organic, natural, obvious necessity for many. I also will like to remain open, and not only me to let this project develop in the exact same way as it was unexpectedly created, so to say. No? As I mentioned in my book, Radical Personalism, this, this new project, the, the project of the book, when I wrote the book, I mentioned this project of Radical Personalism is the development of a conversation. It's an ongoing dialogue, an ongoing conversation. So since this group identity we are presenting officially today is uh, somehow an extension overflow of the radical personalism book and presentation, it inherits the same blueprint or DNA, that of an ongoing conversation. And we are opening to allow the conversation to flow to the places that it needs to go. So in that sense, we don't have any specific master plan for the future. So to say where every single stage is already design and thought about how everything should ideally unfold for the next five decades. <laughs> Actually, we don't have that. And we don't want to have that, but we want to remain open to listen to what the, the sweet absolute wants to make of all this, basically. I'm trusting that the project will take its own shape uh, as the need arises, that it's happening in this precise moment. So that's it. Again, we are inaugurating the whole thing today in one sense by giving it a name again before this day before this given a name many other things have happened as a building up momentum for today and after today of course many other things will surely happen to different newer stages of further shape 
to this particular way of belonging deeply to our ideals. But today is a, if you will, Namkarana, Samskar, is the name giving ceremony. And while it may sound silly to some that the whole event is made for merely giving a name to something, <laughs> if you think it deeply, it's not. It's a very important step. Naming something allows us to further understand what's that something, to further define, to further um, deepen our sense of identity of that something we are naming. Like, like if you give a name to your child, it, it adds to his identity. A person without a name, we will feel there's something lacking. Generally, that's one of the main things we ask someone when we meet them first time. What's your name? Now, in the Bible, this is in the Genesis story, there's a famous story of Adam and Eve when God is creating all these different things, but they do not have a name. And they are invited to name the different things. So after Adam and Eve are naming the things, tiger, tree, apple, whatever, after naming something, then that those things become what they are, so to say. It's a form of co-creation. And of course, in our tradition, as well as in many others, we have this name-giving ceremonies. Our name, again, is deeply tied to our identity, to our sense of who we are. Try to think about your own name, whether secular or spiritual. And of course, someone may say, well, but those name-giving ceremonies are names given to people to living beings, to humans or whatever, or to pets in some cases or whatever, to trees, to cars in some cases, <laughs> to vehicles. But I will say that giving name to a group, I mean, we are not one in, one person, we are a group of people. So to name in a group of people is not that much different than to giving a name to one individual being. Probably even more important since it's a group of many individual beings coming together under one banner so to say it's a collective identity and we and it's not an identity imposed onto anyone it's a collective identity we are trying to give shape today further for those who would like to say yes i i belong to that i'm tadatmia with that we'll talk about that in a few minutes so it's 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 basically to give reference to people to their own identity to help others to figure out their own identity by figuring, giving shape to a group identity in which we are trying that people can belong and can figure out them, therefore their own identity. And again, particularly in our tradition, in our Gaudiya tradition, it all begins with the name, Nam. First Nam, as our tradition teaches them, you can have Rupa, Guna, and Lila, but it all begins with Nam. First the name, then Rupa, form, then Guna, qualities, then Lila movements. So in the same way, to create some form of parallel, we are here beginning today with the name of this new project. Uh, and we trust that by the grace of the name, <laughs> everything else will come. From Nam will come Rupa. So from the name will come a particular further shape to the project. And from that Rupa, specific guna will come, specific attributes, defining qualities of the group, which are already there, but again, in time, all this needs to continue being churned. And from nam rupa guna, hopefully, lila will come. Lila means loving interaction, very dynamic loving interaction. So we expect that that's what we are facilitating with the inauguration of this particular group identity. But again, in order for all this to happen, Rupa, Guna, Lila, first we have to name. 
what we will then like to frame. When we say naming and framing, it begins with naming. So what's the name we are introducing today? Me and others, uh, kindred spirits, have decided that an ideal name for our group identity will be Tadatmya, Devotional Alliance. Why Tadatmya? I know Tadatmya may not be the most famous Sanskrit word in the Gaudiya glossary, uh, but I think it's one of the most important terms we need to become familiar with. So even if we don't know the word, then we have a great chance now to learn what Tadatmya means. So apart from the fact that it sounds beautifully, at least to my ears, uh, we decided to use this word especially because of its deep meaning and the implications of that meaning. As I always like to say in radical personalism, we try to play out the implications of everything. So what's the meaning of Tadatmya? As with every Sanskrit term, Tadatmya can have multiple meanings, but in essence, it refers to the quality of identifying ourselves with other person's nature or situation or necessities. So I like to basically define Tadatmya as empathy, or more precisely, mystical empathy. Mm. So why mystical empathy? Because again, Tadatmya can be translated as oneness in nature, or oneness in mood, or oneness of heart, one in quality, and so on. Mm. So a classical example in this regard is the analogy that is given in the scriptures of the iron rod put into the fire. Mm. So. If you put iron enough into the fire, the iron acquires the qualities of the fire. It becomes tadatmik, tadatmika, or attains tadatmia with the fire, although it remains being an iron rod and the fire remains being fire. So in that sense, the word tadatmia applies. The iron rod attains tadatmia <clears throat> with the fire. It's not oneness. No? The, the iron rod doesn't become one with the fire in every sense of the term. It becomes attains sameness. So to say, oneness in the dynamic oneness. It's a dynamic union where each part remains what they are, who they are, plus some extra addition by identification with the other. So the iron rod remains iron rod, but now it adds the quality of the fire by identification, by merging in one sense with the fire, not merging in an impersonal way, but by way of identification. This is described also in Jiva Goswami's commentary to Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, 131. He gives this example and he describes how the Jiva Shakti, the souls, attain Tadatmya with Bhakti, with the Sarup Shakti, giving the iron fire example. And in fact, he evokes the term Tadatmya here, or sameness, instead of Aikatwa or Ekatwa in Sanskrit, which means complete oneness. So Tadatmya can refer to many things, one of them in this connection, how bhakti, devotion, love operates in our lives as jivas, which is an important consideration to begin with. How bhakti operates in our life, tadatmi is a word to define that. So you can start to glimpse how important the word tadatmi is for us bhaktas. In fact, the word tadatmi appears in the Srimad Bhagavatam in many places, especially in chapter 30 of the 10th canto, one of the five chapters dealing with the Rasa Lila. 
in particular in that chapter is to describe how the gopis became tadatmik, which means attained tadatmya with Sri Krishna during the Rasalila. No? When Krishna disappeared from the Rasalila and in the madness of separation from Krishna, the gopis fully identify with him. So many verses there. I won't talk to you now with the quotes where the term tadatmya is invoked in this particular chapter. And also that say tadatmya has many other applications, many other meanings in connection to, to the idea of mystical empathy or oneness in heart, which are also crucial to why we chose this name, why we chose this term. So uh, let me share a few of these examples. Each of them deserve a separate presentation altogether, but I'll briefly touch upon them. For example, tadatmya as empathy can refer to how we should relate to one another as souls, as human beings, as pilgrims in this journey, how we should relate to one another with empathy. In other words, learning to listen to one another, to really listen to each other, to be fully present, to be unconditionally accepting each other, and in this way being able to enter the other person's shoes, the other person's world, while listening, while being present, while accepting each other, instead of remaining isolated and self-centered in our own judgments and conceptions of things. So that's tadatmya, oneness of heart, oneness of mood, entering into the other person and really being there, listening and accepting unconditionally. So that's the first one level of application among each other. Tadatmya also can refer to the guru-disciple relationship. We could say when the disciple fully identifies himself, herself, with the Guru's desire, with the Guru's instruction, with the Guru's mood, inner mood, and the disciple chooses to dedicate himself, herself to that, to that which with he has or she has identified. So this surrender, this complete dedication to the heart of Sri Guru is called also Tadatmya. Anna, like, like I always like to mention, the Guru similarly reciprocates in kind. It's not just one-way street. So also the guru will, accordingly to his or her role, will dedicate himself, herself to the disciple hmm, in a corresponding form of tadatmya. Hmm. So if we, if we pay attention, as you will see with all these examples, every ideal form of interaction includes some form of tadatmya. Hmm. So it's a crucial aspect of any healthy ideal relationship. So that's another application of tadatmya not only between peers, so to say, but between guru and disciple. And also it kind of applies tadatmya to our connection with God. In our connection with the sweet absolute, tadatmya, of course, also applies, not only in consideration of leaving aside our separate interests and fully identifying with Krishna's will. Of course, that's also tadatmya. What does he want for me? And trying to identify that. But also here, especially Tadamia, we could say, refers to the fact that one has no separate existence from the object of my affection. I do not exist separately, in an isolated way. Indeed, we have no separate existence. Everything is interconnected, sambanda. So in that sense, Tadadmya. Our material minds and senses can be all Tadadmic, can all attain Tadadmya in empathy or in alignment with God's will, or if you will, with the transcendental realm. This is another meaning of Tadatmi in connection to the soul and God. Of course, in our particular Gaudiya tradition, even more specifically and regarding in connection with the ultimate gift that 
Sriman Mahaprabhu, Sri Chaitanya Dev came to give to the world, uh, which is known as Radha Dasyam, the unique service to Srimati Radharani, Tadadmi appears there again in a, another form, in another layer of expression in relation to how the manjaris of the, of the young gopis are absolutely identified with Sri Radha's heart, Tadatmya, with Sri Radha's mood, with Sri Radha's, Radha Krishna's need of the moment, need of service, to the point that whatever she is experiencing becomes suddenly reflected in the manjaris' bodies, minds, and hearts. And they are totally willing to sacrifice everything to give themselves in that tadatmya. So again, here tadatmya refers to the empathy or the full identification with the object of one's service. And what Srila Siddhar Maharaj will lovely define as self-forgetfulness in divine love, tadatmya. And finally, after all these different layers or ways of expressing tadatmya, and of course there are so many more in between, we already talked about tadatmya between us as humans, between guru and disciple, between us and God, more specifically between Manjaris and Srirada. But what about tadatmya between God and God? Hmm? So in that case, we have we can speak about the, the ultimate tadatmya, hmm? which is not between, again, only limited to two human people empathizing with one another, nor between guru and disciple, nor between us and God, but between God and God, hmm? between Radha and Krishna one soul in two bodies. So by this, we refer to the ultimate tadatmya, which is exhibited by God himself, Sri Krishna, Bhagavan, when he identifies, when he becomes the empathic God, as a friend of mine will like to put it. When Krishna identifies fully with Sri Radha's heart, with Radha Bhav, and he tries to pursue that experience, the experience of her heart. So he becomes tadatmik. He identifies with that. He becomes one in heart, one in mood. And in this way, Krishna attains the Dhatmya with Radha's heart in the form, in the divine supreme form of Sri Gaur Sundar. So in one sense, Tadatmya can be a name of Mahaprabhu, the, the ultimate mystical empathy. And since most Gaudiya groups or Sanghas or communities, and, and this group also, we, we are calling Tadatmya, but by extension, it can naturally be called Tadatmya Sangha, since Sangha means community with H, Sangha. So since most Gaudiya Sanghas uh, include Mahaprabhu's name in their own name, as you may know, Sri Chaitanya Mat, Sri Chaitanya Gaudiya Mat, Sri Chaitanya Saraswat Mat, Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mission, and so on and so forth. And since the name of Mahaprabhu is generally present in every Gaudiya group, family, Sangha, however you may like to call it, then our devotional alliance, Tadatmya, also includes Mahaprabhu's name in it, in the form of Tadatmya, which can be a name of Mahaprabhu, implying the very essence of what Mahaprabhu is about, his inner experience. So these are some words about the meaning of Tadatmya. What is a devotional alliance? Is it a mission, an institution, or something else? In reply to this question, uh, after having explained what Tadatmi means, 
we then arrive to the second part of the name we are presenting today, which is kind of the subtitle of the main title, and that is Devotional Alliance, which is an equally important part of the name, which further clarifies what Tadatmya is about. Tadatmya is not a mission in the usual sense of the term, in the usual way we used to conceive these words. Tadatmya is not a mission, Tadatmya is not an institution, Tadatmya is a devotional alliance. So what is a devotional alliance? Well, the official definition of an alliance is uh, refers to a bond of or connection between families or individuals. So that's what Tadatmya basically is. A bond, a connection, deep, internal, affectionate, vulnerable, full of trust and intimacy between individuals or families, different Gaudiya families, alliance. Or another definition of alliance points to a partnership between individuals, groups, or organizations to work together for a common purpose or goal. And again, that's what Tadatmya is uh, in a devotional context. We are we we will like to open this door for different people and different groups to work together for a common purpose that has us be members of one same family. There's only one family. And this, of course, alliance is devotional. The word devotional is even more qualifying the notion of alliancehood, so to say. That's what we are calling it, devotional alliance. It's a teamwork, again, a sacred space we are trying to create to collaborate among each other and in this way achieve objectives that sometimes may be impossible to achieve on our own, individually, or even in our own group without joining a wider group. And joining, by this I mean internally. Participation is always on a heart-to-heart -heart level. Like a circle, we may be already belong to a circle, but what about a circle that includes other circles? That's alliance. A circle of circles. Like the logo you have seen, there is a symbol in the logo of Tadatmya, which includes different circles and circles within circles working together. And there's a triangle also in the logo. I don't want to divert too much from the idea, but the triangle also indicates what I like to think of as our Gaudiya trinity. As in Christianity, there is a trinity. There is an interesting parallel that we may establish in connection to our own Gaudiya trinity, which we could speak about Satchitananda or Sandini, Sambit, Ladini, or Baladev, Krishna, Radha, or since Baladev cannot be in the same altar with Sri Radha for obvious reasons, we can go to the Gorlila version of them, Nitai, Nimai, Gadai, Srinityananda Prabhu, Sriman Mahaprabhu, and Sri Gadadar Pandit. So they are included in, in the form of the triangle and the trinity in our logo, in connection also as well with this alliance. We are collaborating together in our even in our own circles, circles within circles, aligned with this trinity that we are worshipping, our divine community. Mm. And again, these objectives that we have in mind are all devotional. So that's where we are qualifying the idea of alliance with devotional alliance, which implies getting together uh, in one way or another um, to deepen our, our standing, our approach, our sharing, our participation in, in devotional life, what we call bhakti, um, understanding that the notion 
unexperienced of bhaktis, as I like always to say, ever-evolving, limitless. So there is no end to how much we can learn and grow together, especially together. So much more place to grow and learn that by our own. Sankirtan is, by definition, the term is something for which we need each other in order to engage in it. So there's so much place for us to learn and grow. Krishna himself, as it is said in Chaitanya Charitam, that Krishna is a student in Radha's school of love. So if God himself is a student forever, what to speak of us? In fact, before coming with the idea of devotional alliance, we were entertaining another possibilities. And one of the previous options for the subtitle was school of love, which was not chosen, but still defines what we want to do, what we want to be about in Tadatmya. I thought of school of love since school implies a place we enter to study. And of course, the subject matter we are studying is eternal, infinite, ever-evolving love, bhakti. And of course, ever-evolving love conveys the notion of remaining students forever. There's no need to enter the school to leave it in this case. So if we remain students forever in the in the university school of love, again, we are embracing a constant sense of chamatkar and astonishment and remain, remain remaining in that student spirit at every single place and every single step of our journey. So this is a kind also of humility and spirit we want to instill in connection to Tadatmya. And also this devotional alliance, going back to the idea of alliance, uh, and what's the purpose of the alliance? It's about giving ourselves permission. Hmm? And that's what our alliance is. We're joining forces to give ourselves permission to continue having conversations that probably didn't happen before in the past, to talk about things that have not been talked about that need to be talked about due to how circumstances unfold. As I like to say, to create a safe space where each of us can be vulnerable, can feel safe to be vulnerable so we can talk about vulnerably openly we can talk about about whatever we may need to talk about whatever the community may need to talk and hear about in a circle of trust confidence intimacy empowerment between brothers and sisters as krishna can only play his flute in braj if he's in dwarka matura he's not playing it so imagine he's a supremely independent and powerful person, but he can only do certain things in the right place and space. So if that applies to God, what to speak of us? We need also to create the right space and place to do certain things, to express certain things. Again, in, in, a, in, a, in a mood of brotherhood and sisterhood, that's a very beautiful way we can put it in Franciscan terms, a band of brothers and sisters. And in fact, in that connection, another tentative subtitle that we entertain, which further depicts what we mean by devotional alliance was brothers and sisters in sacred service. Mm-hmm. In other words, Tadatmya is not so much, uh, as I said, a mission or institution. In one sense, it invites for a trans-institutional commitment, a trans-institutional family of brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm trans-institutional sense of responsibility where like-minded souls from different affiliations can belong and get together to satisfy common needs of the wider Gaudiya community. You can belong to any affiliation. You can be initiated by one guru and another, but this is not about that. This is inviting from whatever you're coming from 
to an alliance, joining forces. So for those who are wondering, as I already mentioned, but I will just clarify because I know it's an idea that may take time to process and digest. For those who are wondering, no, I'm not planning to inaugurate Tadatmia as a classical Gaudiya mission in the structure that we may have in mind, or as an institution with me as its Acharya, or, or everyone else being my disciple or something like that, but as a wider devotional alliance from people from different affiliations who may already belong to other, other Gaudiya institutions uh, and may have their own gurus, but who simultaneously feel inspired without proposal, with the principles of radical personalism. So no, I don't want to position myself at the top of the pyramid, so to say, in this new project. All, of course, I want to deepen my responsibility and commitment to the ideal, to the community, in whatever form uh, it may have to take now and in the future. Uh, but as I like to say, I, I like to think more in terms of a mandala, the, that word also came as a tentative option, a circle. A circular collaboration or even spiral collaboration. Something moves in circles, but over, always expanding, ever-evolving circularity. I like to think more in terms of circular or uh, spiral collaboration instead of a pyramidal hierarchy mm, with me or someone else at the top, uh, where many times, and I've had some experience of that, many times leaders end up totally, uh, how to say, out of touch with reality, isolated, uh, lonely, no longer able or willing to receive feedback and learn not only from other seniors, not only from equals, but even from juniors as well. And of course, while I'm personally being so somehow the founder of this and probably the primary uh, articulator here in Tadatmia, uh, that doesn't mean that I'm the only, the center of the whole thing and the only one. No? Like the body may have different organs and also the body has a mouth. But it, it's not that it only depends, all depends on the mouth. So I can, be, I may be the mouth in one sense, one of the main mouths, main speakers, but that doesn't make me more important than others. Mm -hmm. Or as a friend like to say, I may be the founder of this, but founder also, it can be connected to may a play of words to a founder is someone who has found something mm -hmm. and is sharing those news with others. No, I found it for us, not for me as a, separate thing and i found it by grace not by my own merit either so in that sense okay i'm okay with the idea of founder <laughs> treasures that came upon my journey and i have to do something with that honor that and celebrate that and also personally i feel the need to present whatever i'm already doing through an identity that is not limited to me as as an individual so to say that is not just Swami Padmanabha, the Swami Padmanabha brand, but actually goes beyond myself. And I'm part of something, of course, bigger than myself, that we all are, but we sometimes need to frame things in such a way to make that more clear to others and to me as well. So again, it's not my intention that my name becomes some type of exclusive brand with followers. And that can easily happen with Swami figures, as you may know. So in one way, that's also part of the intention and my role in connection to, to this devotional alliance. Uh, instead of a brand with, with followers mm, who worship the brand, <laughs> I prefer a collective uh, identity of servants, mm, a community of brothers and sisters uh, getting together mm, of the diverse voices with a, with a common purpose and a common center. Mm. 
that we all share. Again, it's trans-institutional commitment based on faith, based on responsibility, based on sacrifice, as I like to conceive it. And of course, it's a beautiful chance of extending Sadhu Sangha to one another, allowing many of you to know uh, others, wonderful, inspiring souls that at least personally inspired my heart. And I would like to facilitate that experience to others. Uh, as I've tried to already present some of them in my radical, free radical podcast and so on. So basically, this is what Tadadme intends to be as a devotional alliance. And, and we plan that this alliance puts us together, not only in connection to one particular topic, since many times, if you may have known, there are alliances that would people get in together with one particular thing or topic or interest in mind. But here we want to open the alliance to all topics concerned, to whatever may be needed, again, to talk about, to whatever conversations we may need to bring up to the table. As I've tried already to address in my presentation on radical personalism, and we want, again, to continue this ongoing conversation, in this case, in the form of this devotional alliance. What does it mean to belong in this devotional alliance? As I already mentioned, uh, to be part of Tadatmya, or in order to be part of Tadatmya, you don't need to sign any paper or nor be initiated by one particular guru, nor be part of any specific institution. <clears throat> you just need to resonate with the principles of radical personalism, which are kind of the pillars of Tadatmya, this devotional alliance. You have to just resonate with our attempt to approach Gaudiya Vaishnavism and spirituality in general in the way we are trying to do, in a relevant, relatable, honest, profound way, hopefully. So if that's your mood, then you're already part of this devotional alliance, even if you don't know about it yet. <laughs> so so again, it's most mostly about trans-institutional commitment. It's a belonging from the heart. The being part from that place, a commitment with an ideal, with a way of conceiving, embracing, pursuing Krishna Bhakti, spirituality, even if the members are part of one mission or another. And of course, in this Tadatmya dynamic, in this devotional alliance, we may find what in classical tradition we will call Swapaksha, and also Suhrit Paksha, and also Vipaksha. No? Swapaksha means we will be with our inner circle, our inner group of associates, so to say. We will find our inner family mm, to walk this path together, hopefully, mm, to not feel lonely, mm, to be able to define ourselves more clearly by being surrounded by like-minded spirits and kindred spirits. But also Tadadmya hopes to provide not only Swapaksha, the creation of inner circles, the creation of inner families, but also Tadadmya will include Suhrit Paksha, which means friendly circles, people which may not be part of my own inner circle, but they will be friendly, other circles, but friendly people that we can collaborate with, that we can talk with, that we can work together with. And even by extension, we can, establishing all the things can help us to further define the Bipaksha or the opposing party, so to say, because the more we define ourselves, the more we know 
who is who and who agrees with that, disagrees with us, and therefore how to relate to each other. So I think all this will help to further define not only ourselves, but with how we can relate to each other. And again, even if we belong to different groups, uh, we don't belong all of us to the same inner circle, still we can find lots of commonality. We may be, as sometimes we put it, we may be riding in different boats, but hopefully carried by the same wind, the same wind, the same inspiration, the same way of approaching the thing, at least on a certain level. So again, even if this implies we may belong to different um, associations, so to say. Kriyayam, kriyatam yadi kutopi labyate, Krishna bhakti rasa bhavitamati, says Srila Rupa Goswami. If you want to attain this Krishna bhakti, Krishna consciousness, Krishna bhakti rasa, purchase it whenever it's available. Tatra laulim apyakalam mulyam. This is the definition of what spiritual greed is about. If we have real greed, it doesn't matter, it goes beyond, it breaks all these institutional borders and it goes right to the heart whenever we are feeling tadatmya, empathy, connection, identification. Whatever that's available, that connection is available. We should be promoting, acquiring the currency necessary to purchase it, no matter from which institutional background. So for me, this idea of devotional alliance and, and the, the type of belonging makes me think of also Srila Prabhupada's League of Devotees, as I was talking with a friend recently. The spirit of, okay, let's get together as a League of Devotees. Let's work together for this common cause. Even if each of us have our own families, responsibilities, commitments, affiliations, there is place for a wider circle that encompasses all the other different smaller circles. And in this connection, I like also to share the image of the pilgrim in connection to how to be part of the Dadmia. A pilgrim, we are all pilgrims, ultimately. We are all sharing a journey together, like it or not. So Tadatmi in itself is a journey. Let's think of it as a journey, as a yatra. In Sanskrit, the word yatra can mean journey or pilgrimage. And I thought about the word also at one point, Tadatmi yatra. That's another word you can use. It's a journey unto itself. It's a pilgrimage. And its members, again, the members of Tadatmi are not merely members. They are pilgrims. Let's treat each other as pilgrims on a sacred journey. This is for me the most substantial way uh, of belonging to a spiritual group. Or as I put in my book on radical personalism, that to think in this way represents a whole new level of affiliation, a whole new level of belonging, not merely to institutions signing a paper, erecting a particular building, which again, I have nothing against to, or I wouldn't say even an old, a new level of affiliation in one sense. It's an old level of affiliation coming again in a new form, mm-hmm. belonging to people and not to institutions. No? Like a famous example. I mean, if you want to ask which mission did Bhaktivinoda Thakur belong to, which institution did Bismanath Chakravarti Thakur belong to, mm-hmm. which, again, affiliation did Baladev Vidyabhushan have, Jiva Goswami, which was his mission. In one sense, they all belonged to the Gaudiya Sampradaya, they all belong to Mahaprabhu's heart, they all belong to their own Guru's heart, to their own friend's heart. The affiliation happens, the real affiliation happens in this way. Eventually, some shape may come, institutions, missions, what we call it, may be there, but that doesn't change the, the, the truth of the fact, the essence of the fact. So things are, are not lineal in life. They do not have like in this formulaic way, and this is the only way, 
affiliations cannot be forced. Um, they should happen in a natural way, in an organic way. So sometimes this, I like to refer to this organic gathering of like-minded souls. Sometimes Rupa Goswami will call that Swajatiya Sangha, like-minded association. Hmm. Nowadays, the term used is intentional communities. I really like that expression. We are a community, an intentional community. What gets puts us together is a particular intention we have in common, how we intend to serve, how we intend to live our life. Hmm. So Tadami is an intentional community. It's all about what's the intention. That's what allows us to be part of it, to belong. Hmm. All about intention, again, which is more about coming together than in one sense going out, I will say. More about communion than anything else. No need to, we don't need to nourish our life with other people's association in a clandestine way. Hmm. But it's okay to get together. For me, it's important to make that clear. It's okay to get together in whatever direction we feel genuinely sheltered, inspired, and nourished, uh, wherever we find like-minded association, in whatever direction Krishna is arranging for that to happen. I think it's important to allow that and to give ourselves permission <laughs> for that to happen. That's the actual loyalty. Our actual loyalty cannot be to an institution. It has to be to a heart. As I like to say, you can only belong to hearts, not to institutions. Whatever a heart beats and makes your own heart beat, that's where you belong, whatever that may happen to, to be going on. So that's what we are pointing to here. And I know many of us may need some time to process and understand what we are talking about this, about this new level of affiliation. And of course, <clears throat> our devotional alliance is not the only group doing this, nor it's the best, but it may be the best for some. <laughs> And while it may not be the best for others, so it's a tribe, a tribe, as you will, if you will, a tribe with its own taste, like so many other tribes, like so many other sanghas. Mm. And again, I, I mentioned this again, the word sangha, although it's not included in the official logo and the official title, sangha meaning community, may end up being a natural way to refer to this particular affiliation, since it may be too long to say, Okay, I feel I belong to the Tadatmya Devotional Alliance, and it may be more practical for some to say Tadatmya Sangha than Tadatmya Devotional Alliance. But don't forget the part Devotional Alliance, since it helps to put everything else in context. So finally, <coughs> in connection to how to be part of this Devotional Alliance, as I already mentioned briefly, but something that came a few weeks ago was that in one sense, the main pillars of the alliance, and it was not planned, it came naturally, uh, happened to be based on the seven chapters of the part three of my Radical Personalism book. As you may know, in that third part, I tried to emphasize some of the main points that I emphasized in the previous parts of the book. And there are seven chapters when I focus on seven different but totally related topics. And somehow I feel they are a very organic, natural foundation for, for we what want to be about in Tadatmya. So I will briefly mention them. Again, each of them deserves its own series of lectures. So the first one is vulnerability leads to actual empowerment. So that's a very bedrock of Tadatmya, the importance of creating a safe space, as I mentioned, so we can be actually vulnerable we, have, we can give ourselves permission and others to be who they are in their brokenness, in their, 
in the humanness, in the frailty, and also know themselves to be already unconditionally loved by Bhagavan, and we've been able to extend that same unconditional acceptance to others, and therefore that will be open the door to actual empowerment. We don't want disempowering groups. We want empowering. So vulnerability leading to actual empowerment, first one. Second pillar, individuation. <clears throat> In other words, we have to take responsibility for our own potential. We have a commitment to our potential. We, we have to car carve our sense of identity regarding our acquired nature as humans. We have to be balanced human beings. We cannot neglect our humanity, our psychology, our emotionality. All of those things don't need to be rejected, but need to be aligned with bhakti, integrated. And that's part of our individuation, how we can become all that we can be as individuals, which is the opposite of impersonalism. So that's a second pillar. The third one is non-duality, which is the fundamental basis of reality. As I mentioned many times, our tradition promotes that. Our tradition is a non-dual tradition, Advaigyan, <clears throat> Tattva, reality is described as non-dual consciousness, which means there's not a separate reality, an isolated thing. Everything is one. And on that basis of oneness, diversity happens. Diversity is there, Veda Ved, but don't forget the foundation of oneness, where everything is interconnected, interrelated, constellating, revolving around a common center. So that foundation of reality gives us the orientation how to relate to one another and to everything in existence. Fourth, in connection to my chapter on guru disciple in my book, is the idea of we are students forever. Both guru and disciple should be willing to remain in this school of love, as I mentioned before, and perpetually be willing to learn and grow since the subject matter of study is infinity itself. So it's very important to keep ourselves in that place of epistemological modesty, in that place of humility in terms of approaching reality, always from a place of being a student, being a servant, being a disciple. Even if you are a guru, you are first and foremost a disciple and a servant and a student. So that's another pillar. <clears throat> a fifth pillar is embrace mystery and coexist with the unknown. That has to do with the uh, chapter on divine ignorance and the importance of not becoming addicted to certainty and being willing to coexist with uncertainty, understanding faith exactly as that. Faith as patience with mystery and understanding that we can never know it all. We will, we shouldn't need to try to do that, but we should be willing to uh, humbling ourselves, humble ourselves by coexisting with lots of things that are beyond our reach and being okay with that and integrating that part of mystery, paradox, uncertainty into the higher equation of life. Then a sixth pillar will be related to prayer, integrating prayer into the fabric of our inner life, the importance of cultivating a life of prayer, an inner mood, an inner space for entering that particular chamber, that particular mode of being, which we call prayer, and all that that implies. Not only during the official moments of praying, but again, trying to extend it to a prayerful way of relating to each other, of living life, entering into a more contemplative space of action, not only of contemplation, both integrated. And one last pillar, that is the last, very last chapter of my book, is in connection to recognizing the sacredness, the sanctity, 
within the material world. We don't need to reject this beautiful world. We don't need to reject Maya Shakti. It's one of the Shaktis of Bhagavan, one of the energies of the supremely energetic. So, and it's important to perceive the presence of the divine in the immediate, in what we may consider now as ordinary, as gross or whatever, and how we can integrate all these different aspect, aspects, energetic aspects around us. We being one of those, in a healthy way, in a wholesome way. How to take not only holiness, but wholeness. Two of them integrated. So anyhow, these are some of the points, seven pillars connected to these seven chapters, which all of them are also connected to the idea of how we can be part of this tadatmya, of this devotional alliance. How to participate in tadatmya. So apart from the name that you already now know with its meaning uh, and some of its implications and the logo that you also may have already seen, we have opened uh, a Facebook page and a YouTube channel where we will be sharing different presentations. Uh, for example, in time, we plan to organize some weekly classes, weekly lectures and sharings hopefully also some Q&As here and there, more also personal circles where we can share uh, intimately, again, vulnerably with one another, extending this principle of tadatmi or empathy, as well as different courses and seminars that will be given by different speakers, by different radical personalists. So we will be, of course, announcing all this gradually in our social media. Also, there's an Instagram uh, page for that. So we have thought also uh, of publishing a yearly journal of on one specific topic, including different authors. That's another project we have in mind. Uh, probably we will have a newsletter. I don't know yet if monthly or uh, in a fortnight, in two weeks. So also you can send us your email. So you include you there. And of course, in the description of this video, you will find all this information. You will find our email. You will find the links to our YouTube channel so you can subscribe to our Facebook page so you can subscribe to our Instagram page so you can follow. So you can see the descriptions there. And also we will like to do some yearly in-person meetings for all. It, it may all. It's all beginning, as you can see, in online dynamics. But I also will like to have some <coughs> yearly meetings of the Tadatmya Sangha of the family, so to say, uh, one or many, let's see how it all evolves. So the members of the Alliance can meet them each other in person, can develop newer, new friendships, further alliances. Mm. Uh, so there may be one main yearly meeting somewhere. Maybe we may change places. Also, we plan to, to do different smaller retreats in different parts of the world probably some parikrams, pilgrimages to the dam. Mm. So all this will be eventually announced, organized, as you can imagine, all this takes time and energy. So gradually we will be trying to unfold all this inspiration. I'll personally continue uh, with my travels on some, on some level, 
um, with my lectures in those travels. I will continue with my free radical podcast. Uh, and maybe we can have some other podcasts in the future with some other podcasters, members of the Alliance. Uh, also, we plan in the near future uh, a website, which again, it all takes time. And we're also opening the door for all of you to collaborate. If you feel inspiration, if you have any ideas you may like to share, again, it's all about an alliance. So we are open to brainstorm together. So if you have any thoughts, any ideas, any forms you may like to collaborate, offer yourself in service of support so we can gradually expand this beautiful <clears throat> concept of Tadatmia in the form of the Buri uh, Tadatmik devotional alliance, devotional Sangha. That's also more than welcome. So you can contact with us to the different links or emails that I'm sharing again in the description of this particular video. You can see all that our email, our YouTube channel, our Facebook page, our Instagram page, and so on. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for your time, for your attention, and welcome to Tadatmya Devotional Alliance.